silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him, who had, who had gone, gone with, with Caleb, gave a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land, we are telling you guys, the land we explored, the land we went for an adventure on, devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. <laughs> we saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Enoch come from the Nephilim. We, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Wow. We, we, we seemed like grasshoppers to, in our own eyes. That's their view. And they said, in this regard, we looked like grasshoppers in the eyes of the people that we should go and fight. I can imagine now the people they were reporting to who were on different pace on journey and different uh, work with the Lord saw it quite differently. If you read in, and from there then you go to chapter 14. If you read chapter 14, the Bible says this. That the Israelites, because of the reports that the spies, the ten spies gave, the Israelites were cut to, the, to heart and they cried the whole night. They threw a pity party with one another. Cried the whole night and they cried and cried the whole night. Such that when the morning came, after having a pity party, they gathered one man after the other and he said, we have to go back to Egypt. We have to go back to Egypt. And then they started saying, we miss the garlic in Egypt. <laughs> well, maybe you're a fan of garlic. I am not. But these guys missed garlic. And they also said that we miss also, uh, we miss garlic and we miss onion of Egypt. We have to go back to Egypt. We miss the spies. We miss all these things. Why should we go? We can't fight these big people of great stature in whose eyes we look like grasshoppers. Of course, in their report, they emphasized, if you saw or went on that, you saw that they emphasized that we saw the, An the Anak, the descendants of Anak. And also they said that we saw the Nephilim. So if you remember your Bible very well, Anak are descendants of Nephilim. The Nephilim are the people that are believed to be the fallen angels. If you read in Genesis, you find there is a story in the Bible where the Bible says the fallen angels, and it says the sons of God came down on earth and married the daughters of, of men, and together they produced giants, people who were taller than anyone on earth. And, and everyone, the normal human beings would only be like a knee size or waist size of such people. They would look at them so high and they were more powerful and they were more strong. Because they were more powerful than any human being, these guys terrorized and destroyed the human race. They killed people. They were so evil. They used their power, their strength in an evil way. 
All right? And so we, they, there's that story in the Bible. And these guys who were bringing a report referred to the people they found as the people in the history of the Bible, the giants, the great, the men of great stature, the, the men who were so powerful, the descendants of Nephilim, the Anak, the people were there. As, that, as, as though that was not terrifying enough, there were also uh, tribes of people that were so powerful in, in military weapons and they knew how to fight and they were called the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Parasites, whatever you can call them. They had all the sites in them. So these guys were quite, quite strong and you couldn't stand against them. Then the Israelites had one thing to choose. There are two, choose th two, two choices. There are two things to choose from. Whether to go forward and fight or to go back to Egypt where they were in slavery for 430 years. Burning bricks with grasses. Building blocks and skyscrapers without any machinery. The guys were beaten day and night. The guys were killed. Remember, if you read Genesis, uh, Exodus in the beginning, you find that actually they were killing every male child. That's where we see Moses being rescued and put in that ark and thrown on the lake where the crocodiles were and asked Miriam to watch after Moses. They didn't know what was going to happen to him whether the crocodiles were going to eat him or some people were going to pick him. And when he was picked, they didn't know whether they, he was going to be killed instantly or adopted in the family. They were so persecuted and they suffered. And God said to Moses, I want you to go and bring my people out. There is a land I've promised to your forefather, to your father Abraham. And I want to give that land to them because they belong, they're descendants of Abraham. My promise does not, my promise is yes and amen. I'll give it to soever I've promised and their children, their children's children. Therefore, these people who are calling and crying and suffering have heard their cries. I want them to get out of that slavery to the land I've promised them, the land of Canaan. Moses obeyed the Lord and he went down there and we know the story. There were plagues, there were deaths, there were locusts and flies and God did all the miracles that he could so that the people believe that he's a mighty God. Whatever he has promised, he will bring it to pass. The Lord dried the river Jordan, he dried the seas, the Red Sea, he dried it and they crossed on a dry land. As on a dry land, they crossed a one million and a half people. One and a half million people crossed the great sea. And then they, they had all these great encounters with the Lord. 30 days after Egypt, they are now at the threshold, at the border of destiny. 30 days after moving from, from Egypt, they are now at the place they called Kadesh the mountains of Horeb, where the Lord had appeared to them just after Sinai. The Lord appeared to them. They are at the border of their destiny. From where they were to where Canaan was, there was, there were, there was just 10 days 
So it was going to take them only 40 days to reach their promised land. If you read your Bible very well in Numbers and, and in, in Numbers, you find that the Lord had moved and they had done wonderful things with them. They had seen miracles upon miracles. And then they had come to that border at, the, at Kadesh. Now they sent the 12 spies to go and spy on the land. To go and see what this land they've been waiting for is like. So they had only two cities, one to bring down and the other to take down, like to possess and be in it. So they had just had to go to encounter a few cities like they had Jericho. We'll see later on in our series. And after that, they would go straight into Canaan. So these guys had literally arrived at the border of the land God had promised to them. And if they were obedient to the Lord, they were going to occupy and, and, and live in it. So these spies, when they came back, the ten spies, their reports brought about fear. So we have two things to choose from. Either have faith in the Lord to go and possess the land, or have fear and choose to go back to, to Egypt. So these guys chose to go back to Egypt. They were terrified. When Caleb and, 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 when, 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 uh, when Caleb and, and, and Joshua stood up and said that, we will go there because the Lord has promised it to us. We believe in God. Fear is not in our DNA. We will take, and Caleb says, we will take these giants like bread. That's what he says. We will eat these giants like bread. We will have them for breakfast like bread. That's how bold he was in his heart. And he said, God has promised us, and the promises of God are for us and our children. We are not going to go back to Egypt, but to go to Canaan and possess the land. Don't worry about the parasites, you know. Don't worry about, don't worry about the Jebusites. Don't worry about the Hamorites. Don't worry about the giants who are in the land. We will take them down. The Lord has fought for us and you will fight for us even in Canaan. These guys, the Bible says the whole congregation rose up and said, let us stone Joshua and Caleb. Let us kill them. After we kill them, let us choose a man. We don't want you, Moses, anymore. Aaron, we don't want you. Because you and Joshua and Caleb want us to go to Canaan, but we can't go and die there. We miss the tombs, the graveyards of Egypt. <laughs> We miss garlic and onion in Egypt. We are going to go back there and continue to be slaves. Fear versus faith. The story, if you read down in chapter 14, the Bible says Moses and, and Aaron, they bow down. They cry to the Lord. They cry to the Lord and and, 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 and the punishment of God would come upon these people. Because of that lack of faith, that's why we see the Lord says that none of you, 20 years and above, none of you will enter in the land you can see from afar. Because if you want to go, you are the destiny, you are the border of destiny, you are the border of the promised land, you want to go back to Egypt, even when you are in Canaan, you won't fight the giants, because you are not even ready for it and your hearts are not in right, you are going to come back, none of you will enter there except for Joshua and Caleb, the people that say the Lord has promised this to us, will go right there and conquer the land and overcome and take over. The Lord knew that these guys were not trained in military. He knew that they were tradesmen. 
But one thing that God knew is that no one among us by their own power, they can conquer and overcome. We are weak. But because of Christ who is in us, because of the power of God that works in our lives, we are more than conquerors. We are strong and we can overtake and overcome anything if we have faith in God. All we need to do is trust in God. Is trust in God. When we trust in God, even the most impossible situations can become possible. For the Bible says, for with God all things are possible. All things are possible. And the Bible also says that to those who believe, all things are possible. This guy said, no, we can't go on and take the promised land. We can't go ahead and possess what God has promised for us. We don't believe in it. We don't even believe that it exists. They had so many doubts in their lives. You know, we live in an age of giants. <laughs> you may be wondering what giants are, what I'm talking about. Are they people in human forms? Well, I'm talking about anything that distracts us from our focus on God. From becoming everything that God wants us to become. Anything that detours us from our service to God. Anything that drains us of our driving passion for God. Anything that makes us to feel lazy and inferior. Anything that does not want us to rise up with our eyes fixed to the Lord and say God is faithful. They stand in our ways. Jesus calls them mountains. He says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you speak to these mountains and say, move, be thrown in the seas, and the mountains will obey. Jesus is talking about the same language. He's talking about the giants and the impossible situations we face in our lives. Life without faith is a life with fear. If one has no faith in God, he is left to live by him or herself. And you and I can agree that you can only go this far by yourself. And the end of it is misery. But when we embrace and hold on to faith with God, when we say God is on my side, who can be against my life? If God is for me, who is against me? Let them come. But together with God, we shall do valiantly. If you stand on your faith and declare with faith that God is on my side, the Bible says you will make it and manage to take over and possess whatever God has for you. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Most people in our days live in fear. And most of it is a fear of unknown. It's unconfounded fear. We fear the past, we fear the future, we fear the present, we fear because we don't know. When you don't know, that's when, even when you know, that's when you even have to place your faith in God. And know that God knows where you are going. He knows where you are coming from. He knows where you are. He's got you. He has your back. He's watching over you. Instead of being afraid and be uh, devoured and, and, you know, like these guys, they, they are the grasshopper mentality. Say, we are nothing. You know, compare me with a grasshopper. It means that I can just step on it, right? It is powerless. It's nothing. It's useless in comparison to a giant, to a man like me. These guys say that we are so weak and nothing. We can't fight any of them. We can't even possess. They gave up on the destiny on the land that their children and their 
descendants should have possessed. They wanted to give up on that just because of fear. That's what fear can do. Fear makes you feel less about yourself and feel so vulnerable and feel that nobody loves you. Nobody even cares for you. But faith makes us feel that I may not be strong, but Jesus is on my side. God is on my side. You woke up with joy in your heart knowing that God is with you. Jesus says, hey, I am with you always. Not I will be with you. I am with you always to the end of your life, to the end of this age. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Do you, like these guys, see yourself as small and insignificant? Do you, like these guys, have negative perspective about yourself? Do you, like these guys, live in a life of pity party, always in a dark corner, crying and beating about yourself and unable to do anything in your life? Do you, like these guys, want to quit and go back to the past? than facing the future that God has for you. Today, God is calling you to hold on to faith and let go of your fears. He's calling you to a life of faith, trusting him always, one step at a time. And I want to share with you just a few keys on how you can do that, uh, keys on overcoming giant and impossible situation. Uh, as we learn from Joshua and Caleb. And the first one is hold on to God's promises. God's promises. If God has promised anything about your life, I want to assure you that God is not a liar. God is true and is truthful. He will fulfill whatever he has promised upon your life. If you have a promise upon your life, then know there is a destiny upon your life. If there's destiny upon your life, hold on to it and look forward with faith and allow the promises of God come to pass in your life. You may encounter certain things. What are some of the things I asked you earlier on? What are some of the giants are you facing in your life today? You may be a child of promise. You may have a promise of God upon your life, but you may end up facing things like they face things like diseases. Things like you may be going through disappointments, maybe through depression, anxiety. Maybe you are going through addictions or financial hardships in your life. Struggles, maybe career setbacks, family breakdowns, relationship breakdowns, marital challenges personal failures, to name a few. You may be going through tough and through things, and those things sometimes, they come and blur your view about God's promise. They come and tell you that you are nothing. You are a grasshopper before destiny. You can do nothing. You go nowhere. And it kind of reminds you about how your family has been. Look at how your mom was, how your dad was. Look at how your uncle has been. Look at how your sisters, your siblings have been. Who are you? You will be nothing also. These things, they're like giants. They come to suck us of energy. They come to drain us completely. They come to make us feel useless and nothing. They come to remind us of things that we have no power over. But I came to remind you that there is a promise upon your life. 
God has promised you that I know the plans I have for you. Plan to give you future and destiny. Hold on to the promises of God, child of God. Hold on to the promises of God. Do not allow that situation today to steal your joy away, to steal your future away. Hold on. Do not go back to Egypt. What is onion and garlic compared to milk and honey? What is tombs compared to the land that is fertile? What is going back to uh, burning bricks with grasses, with dry and fresh grasses and building mansions for other people compared to possessing your own land and begin to build up destiny for your own future and your children? There is better things ahead of you. The best is yet to come. Hold on to the promises of God over your life, child of God. He is calling you to a great life. You know, despite God's faithfulness and promises, the people of Israel says, no, the people who dwell there are more powerful than we are. Despite the faithfulness and promises of God, they said, no, the cities are so strong and large and occupied. Despite the promises and faithfulness of God, they saw, no, we saw the descendants of Enoch, the people that we fear the most. Despite God's goodness, they said, no, there are the Amalekites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, there are all these Canaanites. Come on, what did they expect? You are possessing Canaan without the Canaanites? Hey, what are you thinking about? Can I boldly declare something to you this morning that what you are looking for, the destiny you are looking for, the things you are looking for are not empty. They are probably occupied by something or somebody. Do you know that? And there's a reason to that. God has allowed certain people, certain things to occupy so that it is not taken and also so that it can be developed. God allowed these people, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, to be in that place so that they are able to develop that land. But also God trusted these people that they are going to occupy that land. They are going to inherit that land. That's why it's called inheriting because it was not empty. Do you realize when the Bible says you will inherit great destiny? It means that there could be things or people occupying it already. But you have to trust God so that you are able to take over and be settled and established in the promises of God for your life. You may be here crying and looking for a husband. He may be occupied with so many things. But if it's yours, God will bring them to you. Amen? Or wife. You may probably be looking for that job or employment. Somebody may be taking that position already. Isn't that true? Somebody is already the MG. You know? <laughs> but when the right time comes and when you hold on to God, he created situation that works to our advantage. Hallelujah. You will definitely become what God. You know, nothing. I like what Paul says. No heights, no depth, no angels. No demons, no man, no death, no poverty, no poor background. Nothing can separate us from the promises of God of our lives. Nothing. I believe in that and I hold on dearly to that. Nothing. Nothing. 
Whatever God has promised upon Sylvester, Sylvester shall become it. Whether the enemy likes it or not, as long as I hold on to the promises of God, watch my space. Watch my space. Be good to me. <laughs> you don't know where I am going. Tell your neighbor, be good to me. I am loaded with destiny. I am filled up with future and the promises of God. Yeah, take care of them. Let them take, them to, take you to lunch before it's too late, you know. Because they don't know. They might use your name to have a ticket, you know. I know Sylvester Lunda. Oh, yes, sir, you can get in, get through, you know. You don't know what God has for me. He has great plans for you. Hold on to faith, not fear. Hold on to faith. <laughs> it may be occupied, but it doesn't mean that it's not yours. The land was occupied with great guys. Who knows? There were probably great challenges. We are told about the kind of lions that surrounded the city. The Bible says the land devours its own people. What do you think it devoured them? I'll leave you to think about what devoured them. <laughs> but the people were equal to the task to devour their devourers, you know. Why should you quit and go back to slavery while you can become a free man, a free woman? There's freedom in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So they had a negative view. But God says one thing to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 6. God says, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I saw to their ancestors. God is not even saying, he has changed, not I promised, but I saw. God swearing? It's an emphasis of saying that I will not change my mind. You will have what I've promised for you. Hey, let me speak to you for a second. There is destiny inside of you. What you are going through today cannot, does not define who you are. Your background does not define who you are. Because God has you in his plans. Hold on to God and allow him to take you on the adventure of life. Allow him to take you on the adventure of the promises. I pray over my children every day like God may the promises you have over their lives come to pass. No power, no demon, no angel, nothing at all should separate them from the promises of God, from the love of God over their lives. I want to declare to you that if you hold on to faith, if you hold on to God, nothing and nothing can separate you from the love of God. Be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. Hold on to, to faith and not fear. Fear only reduces you to nothing, but faith lifts you to something. And that is the promises of God. Quickly, the second thing is uh, hold on to God's word. God's word, very important, you know, God's promise and God's word. The Bible says, has God declared anything and shall he not bring it to pass? With Jeremiah, God says that I watch my words carefully. That's the God I serve. He watches his words carefully to bring them to pass. God's word does not return to him void. It is like the rain that comes to water the ground. And you know what happens? Things sprout from the ground. So it is the word of God. When it comes, it does not expire without fulfilling what God has said it should. 
There is a word of God upon your life. Hold on to it. That word has got promises for your children, for your future, for your life, for your destiny. The fact that things are delayed in your word it does not mean that you are denied of them. The fact that things are delayed in your life, it does not mean that you are denied. They say delayed justice is denied justice. No, with God, that's not true. God knows, I've said this without times, without number here, that God knows that if he was to answer some of your prayers, the prayers will devour you. Because we pray out of want, not out of need. God knows what we need. And he gives it to us. But we want many things. We are people. <laughs> people want so many things, even things that are not necessary. If God was saying yes to everything, the world would be empty today. Because many great children of God with great potential would be dead by now. Others. <laughs> you know. Being a pastor, you know, you hear so many prayer requests and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Have mercy. Your grace upon this child. Joshua, <laughs> be strong and be courageous. Hold on to the word of God. Because the word of God has a promise for you. Meditate upon it day and night. That's what God, God says to Joshua, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Only be strong and be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which my servant Moses gave you. Do not stand from it. Don't go to the left. Go to, go to the right on my way. Follow the word. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. What makes you successful wherever you go? The word of God upon your life. Where do you look for success, Kanshi? We look for success in terrible, weird, many places. The Bible is clear. You will be successful. <laughs> Let me just go back and emphasize on that. It says, so that... He says, you shall meditate day and night that you may observe to do according to that is written in it. For when you do, you will be successful. Where? Can I hear you? Can I preach with you? Where are you going to be successful? I can't hear you. Where would you be successful? Where is the word of God successful? Right. Wherever you go, wherever you are. Wow, I am sensitive to words. This blows my mind. Wherever I go, <laughs> the Lord, the, the God of his word is with me. He's watching his words. Wherever I go, as long as I hold on to the word of God, wherever I go, I will be successful. Wherever you go, wherever you are. Wherever God has placed you, as long as you hold on to the promises of God, and as long as you hold on to the word of God, you will be successful. Where is that devil that says you are nothing and nobody? If I hold on to the word of God, I am successful wherever I go. Be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. Because wherever you go, God's word goes with you. Wherever you go, God's word is with you. Why do you fear witches? 
Why do you fear? Said, why do you fear all these things that comes to intimidate you? The word of God is so clear that it shall make you successful when you God's ways. I know this secret. That's why every morning when driving my kids to school, whenever I have an opportunity, I preach the word of God to them. I pray for them. We pray together. And I tell them that, guys, the word of God, it makes you wise, intelligent. It also gives you wisdom. It allows you to think from a different perspective. It gives joy to your heart. And it brings peace to you. That's the greatest inheritance I have for you. If I die today, among all everything that you may look for, leave you with, makes you successful wherever you go. Let me talk to a little bit to some of you who says that, no, I am poor because I was born in a poor family. No, I am poor. I did not do this and that, and I can't be this and that because my mom, my dad, my uncle never did. They never did. Hey, can you stop having a pity part about yourself? There is something to make you success, and that's the way for your life, and that's the word for your death. It's not about my father, not about my inheritance, not about my uncle, but the word of God in my heart makes me successful wherever. I go. The Bible said the word of God is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path. Wherever I step, the word of God guides me. It gives me good conscience. It gives me good patterns of thought. It makes me wise, wiser than my teachers. The word of God. If you feel that you are girl, check how much of God's word is in your life. Because it makes you wise. It makes you successful. It makes you intelligent. Let me tell you quickly, the people observed and kept the word of God. People like Isaac, it was drought. It was summer, like October. That was the whole time. They never drained. But because of the word of God, it made him successful. The Bible says, in the drought, without any rain, without any irrigation, he planted fields and fields. And it grew. It germinated. And he harvested hundred pots. If you can go back and look at the people who kept the word of God and the promises of God in their lives, you will see how their life patterns are. You will see how they became successful. Somebody said, if you were born from a poor family, that is not your fault. That is not your problem. But if you die poor, that becomes your problem. If you were born from a family that is not successful, that is not your problem. It's, a, it's not your problem. But if you die unsuccessful, that becomes your doing. That becomes your problem. The reason is God has given us opportunities and space. And God has given us promises in his words. That if you hold on to it, God will guide our steps. Wherever God guides you, you become successful. Hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. And the last thing I have for you this morning is walk in the presence of God. God's presence is everything. God's presence. If the presence of God surrounds you, if the word of God is in your heart, if you hold on to the promises of God, negative things and things that come to throw you down, they will not succeed. Hold on. Stay there in the presence of God. The presence of God. Have I not commanded you to be strong and to be courageous, not to be afraid, not to be dismayed, 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever talks about the presence of God. And wherever the presence of God is with you, you will be successful. Wherever you go, God will be with you. God will be with you. May God's presence be your, your most treasured possession. It's not right to delight to be in the presence of people more than you can be in the presence of God. You may be going through things. Things may not be right and good with you. That does not give you a license to stay in that dark corner. Move out of it. Sing a song of joy. Shout out loud and bend it out and move ahead. Holding on to the promises of God. Whatever you are going through, that's why it's called just, it's for a season. It's a station of life. It's not permanent. But your next step will be determined by the promises, by the weight, and by the presence. Whose presence do you carry in your life? Whose presence do you carry in your life? Where do you dwell? In the presence of fear or in the presence of faith? How is your relationship with God? Your relationship with God will, be, will determine whether you go back to Egypt or whether you say that if I die, let me die, but I'm possessing my promised land. Challenges are what makes life interesting. But overcoming challenges is what makes life successful. It's what makes life meaningful. I welcome challenges for breakfast. They are my giants. I welcome them for breakfast. They make my life interesting. But you know what? Whenever I walk, I overcome them. It makes me feel so meaningful. Don't be afraid of challenges. It will come whether you invite it or not. Giants will come whether you like it or not. Sicknesses, diseases, what are you saying, pastor? I'm telling you the truth. The Bible says when you pass through the waters, <laughs> when you pass through the storms, when you pass through the fire, it doesn't say you won't pass through the fire. It says when you pass through the fire. He's saying that giants will come in forms of fire, in forms of storm, in forms of waters. They will come in different main shapes. But be of good courage. Overcoming them make your life meaningful. Are you quitting? Do you feel like giving up? I invite you to hold on to God's promises this morning. Hold on to God's promises this morning. What kinds of giants are you facing? What seems to be stopping you from becoming what God wants you to become? Does your giant seem unstoppable? Do, do you look like a grasshopper, meaningless and powerless and nothing? Do you feel like there is no way you can defeat something like that you are facing in your life? Do you feel more of it is impossible? I invite you to renew your faith in God and let go of your fear. I invite you to hold on to God's promise, God's word, and God's presence.
for your life. If you hold on to God's word, the Bible promised us, you will be successful wherever you go. Wherever you go. Whatever life throws at you, receive it with a smile, knowing that I got God on my side. I got God's promises on my side. My promises may fail you, but God's promises will never fail you. If you hold on to my promises more than God's promises, you are up for trouble. If you hold on to anyone's promises more than you do, you're up for a great hard time. But when you hold on to God's promises, in a little while, after a little while, God will establish you, will restore you, will perfect you, will make you successful. It's what makes us different. But if you don't hold on to God's word, 10 years from now, you look back and find you on the same, same level, same ground. That's so unfortunate. God wants us to progress our inheritance in him. I have a blessing for you from Numbers 6.24. Moses said this to the people of Israel before he died. Because even him was not going to inherit that land and Haran. One million and a half people were not going to inherit it. Only two people, Joshua and Caleb. But Moses left them with this great inheritance. He says, and I want to speak it over your life. And I want you to say amen to it. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May God be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you. May God give you peace. I want you just to lift up your hand just where you are seated and close your eyes. And receive this like you mean it. Just think about it a little bit. Think about what giants you are fighting. What are you facing? And I want you to agree to what I'm saying. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And be good to you. May God be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face on you. May God give you peace. May he give you strength to overcome whatever challenges life has thrown at you. May fear never have place in your life. May God make you bold like a lion.